Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome into Balloon Party. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you here on the radio show. Jackson, I think we've got a good show today. Yeah, I think we got a great show today. I don't like today. saying that because what I like to do, and I do this in my personal relationships and my professional relationships, uh, and that is I set the bar low. But today, I think we got a good show. I think we got a good show. I agree. I think it's going to be one to remember. Uh, Tim, <laughs> you couldn't even say it with a straight face, and you moved away from the microphone. Uh, Tim Kirkchen is going to be with us. And yeah, we'll talk about the work stoppage, but he just uh, found out he's going into the Baseball Hall of Fame. And I kind of want to do, I'm more of a macro interview guy. I'm more of a macro interview guy. Big picture. And I'm looking forward to talking it over with Tim Kirkchen. He's going to be with us on the uh, Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line coming up at 1030. So we'll certainly talk about uh, the work stoppage and the show that they are starting tonight on ESPN. It's a six-part series outside the lines uh, with an esteemed panel of Hall of Fame voters discussing case by case. Uh, Alex Rodriguez, David Ortiz, Kurt Schilling, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, all for one show apiece. And then on the final night, their reaction to who actually goes into the Baseball Hall of Fame. So Tim Kirkchen with us coming up at uh, at 1030. I kind of want to, I'm going to ask him about Roland because I feel like Roland's inevitably going in. But I also want to ask him about Edmonds. Because Edmonds going off the ballot after one year has always struck me as just a major miss. Now that doesn't, I want to make this clear. That doesn't mean I'm saying he is a surefire hall of famer. And I think some would say, Oh, he's just not a hall of famer, but for him not to be on the ballot more than a year, what that does is the issue with it. What that does is it then in the future, when it comes up again, and I think it will with the veterans committee, they'll go, well, it was only on the ballot for one year. So a lot of the people who watched him play, you know, during his career just didn't think enough of him to keep him on the ballot. What you have to go back to, though, is who was on the ballot that year. And there were a number of names that were on the ballot for their final year that year. And I think it was 2015, maybe 2016. And uh, and also he's up against Griffey. And so inevitably you would have this comparison. So he was gone after one year. Because to me, if I take myself back to the Cardinals, now, of course, Scott Rowland's entire career wasn't in St. Louis, but the Cardinals of that time, Albert Pujols was head and shoulders above everybody. But I don't feel like Rowland was head and shoulders above Edmonds. And I think a lot of people uh, who are older than me say that Jim Edmonds is the best defensive center fielder they've ever seen play. And if Jim Edmonds is one of the best defensive center fielders of all time, and Ozzie Smith is in, and Edmonds has better uh, offensive numbers than Ozzie Smith, who we both, of course, you know, all of us think the world of um, as, as a ball player and as a person. My goodness, the wizard doesn't get any better. But it's like, how's he in first ballot and how's Edmonds out first? So that's that's something I, if, if we have the time, I don't know. I, I, I wander so much that who knows what I, I might wind up discussing best uniforms with him and we, we lose him after 10 minutes. You know, I don't know what will wind up happening. Either way, that's what's scheduled at 1030. Here is something 
that we had for the first time ever. And I know for some of you, you think of me as as TMA boy, and I'm a I'm a heathen. And I understand that. And I got to tell you something. I'm in agreement with you on it. But I haven't brought any of the TMA stuff to 101 ESPN. I compartmentalize. I keep that down the hallway, and I keep this studio. It's, it's a sacred studio, and I respect it. But I'm going to bring something from TMA to today's radio radio show. I don't want to lose that one listener who won't let me say presentation. <laughs> right. So I'm trying to I'm trying to have some kind of treaty with him. We had Ric Flair on the show. Nature Boy to you, Jackson. Yep. And uh, I want to play a clip coming up in our next segment before we have Tim Kirkchen on. Because it's going to, uh, I want to get your opinion on this. I want to get the audience opinion on this. Definitely. But of what he said in this interview, he was on with us uh, for about a half hour at uh, 8 o'clock on TMA. And uh, as I was coming in here and Randy Carricker was heading out, I said, I saw you guys had Randy Orton on. We had Ric Flair on. Big wrestling day at Hubbard Radio in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. And uh, and Randy said, what does he think about all the wooing going on at Bush Stadium? And I immediately went, oh, God. I wanted to ask the question, and I forgot to ask the question. And so Randy inadvertently ripped my heart out this morning <laughs> and it's like the scene in goodwill hunting where the professor says to matt damon's character you may know him as will hunting right something along the lines you might be able to cite the line word for word because of your uh, ownership in the website goodorbad.com of which i'm principal investor right uh, in which jackson determines whether or not movies are good or bad.com do not text him in and let him know about rotten tomatoes please and uh and the professor says i wish i didn't know a person like you exists mm. and then will hunting walks out and then he says and i wouldn't have to watch you throw it all away that's what i thought mm. When Randy Carricker asked that question, wanting to hear what Ric Flair's answer was, and I was uh, on a high from the interview, and then when Randy asked the question, it reminded me that I absolutely failed and forgot to ask the question I really wanted to ask him. So Randy was Will Hunting. That's correct. And you were Stellan Skarsgård. Oh, wow. You know the character's name. Hollywood legend. Has like three sons who are all in big Hollywood movies. Look at you. Look at you, the I Gene Siskel of 101 ESPN Action Jackson. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little more Ebert, I think, but we'll take it. I imagine you're on a high today because <laughs> the Fighting Tigers, Jackson's team. Yep. When Conzo gets the boys fired up before they take the floor, they say, win it for Jackson. And Oxford, <laughs> Mississippi, win it for Jackson. I watched. I want to say I watched all of it. No, neither did I. Oh, you're not even watching all of it anymore. Uh, I caught the like mo- all the entire second half and some of the first half. And I saw it was 15 to 15. Right. And then I would flip back and forth, and the final score was what? It was like 20-something. It was. I think it was 70 to 75 to... 53. Yeah, it was a... They, so, I mean, they just put it on them from right. that point forward. Ole Miss put in some... Like, with like four minutes to go, they kind of push in, and then they just kind of gave up. And it's the Tigers, man. They'll go... Like, they'll go beat Alabama, and they'll score 92 points, which if you asked me after the first game of the season, if they'd ever score over 90 points, I would say no chance. And then they go out and score 
45 against Arkansas. The Arkansas Assault right. at Bud Walton Part 2, the remix. And then they go to Oxford and... Well, don't and forget do, not letting Texas A&M score for like oh, yeah, half pitching a of shutout. the first half. Yeah, right. Pitching a shutout against a And losing the game. And then they go do this. And I... You can't you can't get a read on it. It's, it's so based are on shooting. Are you feeling good? Are you feeling bad? Are you feeling indifferent? I think the vast majority of people listening right now feel indifferent. Or they're going, I just, I'll just i watch again when he's gone and maybe something gets going. That's, that's how I think I'm going to label the emotion of Missouri basketball fan or just St. Louis area sports fan who will watch Missouri if they're decent. Right, and that's what I think. But you're a hardcore Missouri fan. Yeah, and it's... You kind of expect there's up and downs every time with Mizzou. They'll have stretches where they'll be one of the best teams in the country, and then they'll go on the three-year stretch where they are the bottom of the SEC, and that's just kind of how it is. And it's where the program is at right now because there's no real hope for the future, immediate future, I should say, like next year or the year after. But it's just I can a, con myself into thinking, and I think a lot of hardcore Missouri football fans feel this, that they're going to be much better next year because of the Luther Burden factor. And even if they're not much better from a win standpoint, because the schedule is pretty difficult, uh, that there will be more excitement offensively. I don't know how there could right. be less because of Luther Burden's presence. But from a basketball standpoint, I don't know what your reason for hope is. On this show today, Tim Kirchin coming up in oh, 20 minutes. Uh, we'll play a clip of Ric Flair, which I am looking forward to uh, getting the audience response to the question I will pose once you hear his his uh, answer. Uh, 65780 is how you can text in. And then you may have been listening yesterday when Chris Kerber was with us. And it, and it speaks volumes that here is a guy who, from my standpoint, is one of the best play-by-play people, period. I'm not talking about just in radio. I'm not talking about just in the NHL. I'm talking about period. He is so good. And I have been saying this well before. I guess we're working together at 101 ESPN since the Blues are, of right, course, on right. 101 ESPN. And he's a guest on 101 ESPN. I've said it well before. He is so good. We are so lucky to have the caliber of broadcast teams we have in St. Louis. And if I didn't feel that way, I just wouldn't say anything at all. Um, he's so good. And yet, even though he is calling the Blues games and he had just emceed the Chris Pronger number retirement ceremony the night before, and, of course, calling the Blues victory over the Predators. He comes on our show, and he produces a segment that I think might become a staple on the show. Now, we've got to come up with a name for it. Because mm-hmm. if there's one thing, if I were to veer from sports, and I won't do it here, don't worry, I know I'm a heathen. <laughs> but if I were to veer from sports, I think one of the core issues in the United States of America, or even globally right now, is media and manipulation. And as somebody who's in it, I feel like I can kind of say it with some semblance of credibility. Hell, I might be the biggest problem of them all. <laughs> but 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 in, but one of the things that I've observed over the years, and you can even you can tune in this weekend when the Packers get done playing the 49ers or when the Buccaneers get done playing the Rams or wherever you're watching, it doesn't matter. And the and the and the first question would be, how does it feel to win that game? And what Chris was talking about when he was on with us yesterday is a great segment would be media interaction with asinine questions and the athlete or coach firing back. And it just so happens that yesterday in Edmonton, we had ourselves a Jim Dandy and Kerber sent it to me. So not only does he come up with a segment idea live on the air, (laughs) he then sends me the audio while I'm like playing online poker or something, (laughs) you know, big $20 game. And, uh, 
and, and then he sends me the clip of audio. So now that he's coming up with the idea, he's producing it. Oh, and then he's also, of course, the voice of the blues. So uh, we actually have it. And when he sent it to me, I go, my God, I don't know if there's going to be one better than that. So I'd like a name for the segment. Maybe Kerber can call in with a name for the segment. He hasn't I mean, done yeah, enough he's, yet. He's already gone this far. <laughs> uh, but with, And then he goes, yeah, and here's how you could produce the opening. Like, you could take some of the worst questions over the years and put that in the opening. I go, God, I mean... You know, would you, would you, I mean, would you, were you interested in, yeah. in producing TMA and you calling blues games? You know, I know you got to head out west this weekend. Uh, so we will have that for you as we finish off the show. Tim Kirkchen coming up at 1030. We've got a clip of the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, uh, which will lead to a discussion much broader than professional wrestling coming up on the other side of the break. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. Right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Balloon Party. My name's Tim McKernan. Uh, Tim Kirchin going to join us coming up on the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line in 13 minutes. Hey, how about this? Big doings. I'm looking forward to this. 101's championship bash is heading uh, to Helen Fitzgerald's for the AFC and NFC Championship Games. That's Sunday, January 30th. Uh, join members of the 101 ESPN crew, Car Shield, Bud Light, uh, for the AFC NFC Championship Games. Enjoy tons of TVs to watch the games, food and drinks, music, a bunch of giveaways throughout the day, including a grill, jerseys, tickets, and more. The Bash kicks off at noon with a live pregame show leading up to kickoff at 2 p.m. We hope to see you next Sunday at Helen Fitzgerald's for this year's Champ Bash, brought to you by Car Shield and Bud Light. You going to be there, Jackson? Absolutely. I love the wings. At Helen Fitzgerald's. They use that cyber exhaust? They do. Oh, I so pick them good. up, and now that I'm talking about them, there's like something going on. There's glands going on. I can see your on. jowls starting That's to what it is. rotate. They're rotating. It's nice. All right. Uh, like I said, Tim Kirchin coming up at 1030. We had Ric Flair on uh, TMA this morning. And I've, I've told the audience here, I'm going to compartmentalize TMA from Balloon Party as much as humanly possible. I'll give it a the the old college try, Jackson. Sure, sure. Um, but Ric Flair was on, and uh, he was firing on all cylinders early in the morning. He is uh, coming to St. Louis. That's going to be big doings. He's right. got an event coming up at uh, Hot Shots O'Fallon, and uh, that is huge. Uh, and he's got a podcast going. We had him on as a guest, and and, and set this clip up because you're the one who edited it. I'm not. I know the context of it, but right. I don't know how it was set up for the audience's purpose. Well, we were talking about how beloved Ric Flair is by seemingly everybody right. who he comes in contact with, similar to someone like Charles Barkley. So we asked Rick about his relationship with Charles Barkley. Okay, you are, you are beloved and and it spans generations when you're talking about the the length of your career but but universally for real beloved that is a that is a that's an incredibly unique trait i would imagine you're aware of it but perhaps part of part of being beloved is that not necessarily coming off with the with the arrogance of being beloved that that you know you mentioned like a barkley here's a guy there's another guy who i think would be considered beloved um, oh, what a great he, he, Charles Barkley is the best sports commentator he, he tells it like it is he doesn't phony punches and he doesn't care what uh, what people think of what he says <laughs> but he's good I love it all right the first thing that comes to mind when I hear that is my question was awful 
And I really wish you wouldn't have included it. I think if he wouldn't have interrupted me, I'd still be asking the question now <laughs> three hours later. That's what I, that's what I think of when I hear that. Um, so piss off to you for including my question in there. But it's a great moment to look in the uh, the mirror, and I'll try to keep my questions brief to Tim Kirchett. The reason why I wanted to include that in there is was we were having Ric Flair on. Uh, I was thinking to myself, yeah, he's got he's got like 90% approval rating. And my question to our audience today, text in 65780, Air Comfort Service text line, is this. And I'll go for four. Four most beloved athletes living, not necessarily still playing or in the case of Flair performing. And I'm talking about like when I'm talking about that, I'm thinking of approval rating. You might not necessarily be a huge fan, but you recognize that they are beloved, that they can do no wrong. Nationally. Right. Yeah. And then I would I would like to, if we if we have the time, to go local as well. So I'll start nationally. And I think he mentioned Charles Barkley. Yeah. And I think Ric Flair, for the purpose of the discussion, I'm not looking to litigate as wrestling a real sport, but we'll include him in there. Uh, Ric Flair and Charles Barkley. Who else would you include? I would include Shaq. I think Shaq is one of the most beloved athletes in the world, and in the entire world. I think people love him all around the world. Okay. Who else would you go with? Peyton Manning is up there. He's very well. But I feel like you want to... I guess it's national, but I would say if you're international, you'd want to think more international sports like basketball or baseball. But I would say Peyton Manning, Derek Jeter was probably, but since his tenure hmm. with the Marlins, I think he might have dropped off a bit. I don't. I, I think beloved. I don't know if he was necessary. I think he's beloved by Yankees fans. I don't necessarily know if he. I think people love Barkley and love yes. Flair. I think they appreciate Jeter, and there's a difference. Sure, I hear what you're saying there. You see what I'm saying on that? Right. I, th- I think Manning, if anything, his equity has increased with the public since he has retired because you're getting to see more of the personality. Right. Not that you didn't see it before, but the Manning cast has probably played a role in that to, to an extent. Jordan, um, you'd have to throw him in there. Yeah, I mean, as far as accomplishments go, yes. I don't know if personality necessarily right. would put him there. Right. You see what I'm saying? So, 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 so when, when Flair was answering that after I got done asking a question for a half hour, the, the thing that stood out to me was both him and Barkley are unapologetically authentic. Yeah. And I think in particular in 2022, that trait is appreciated. Right. Um, Perhaps it's because in a political culture in which you feel like you're being lied to, to have people stand there and say, this is how I feel. I recognize I'm flawed. Hell, and in the conversation we had with Flair this morning, he goes, I ran around. I'm not proud of it. I'll admit it. I got admitted. I have four ex-wives. And he said, half a lot times four is a lot, which is a <laughs> wonderful little public service to all of, to everyone out there. It doesn't yeah. have to be limited to anybody. Half of a lot Four times is a lot when referencing alimony. Um, And Barkley also, you know, can make fun of himself, can acknowledge that he's wrong about stuff. Definitely. But people feel like whatever he's saying, that's what he really thinks. And I think people appreciate that. Yes. So that's what I, when I'm saying beloved, that's where I'm coming from. So I'm talking more personality than athletic greatness. So do you see where I'm Yeah, so Jordan wouldn't, I don't think Jordan would be in like the top 20. No, I don't think so. Because his personality on the surface isn't like that at all. 
Uh, let's see. Um, Madden. Doug, yeah. Doug Vaughn brought up Madden this yeah. morning on TMA. Obviously, just recently passed away for the purpose of... See, somebody put, texted in Tiger. I don't know on that. I, th- I actually think now, perhaps more, he has greater equity than he did 10 years ago. Now, of course, 10 years ago, he was coming off of the scandal. Right. But uh, I feel like his appreciation, the roars that he gets, what happened at Augusta in 2019, all that did was just add to the legacy. And honestly, if I had to bet, I somehow still think he might win again, (laughs) even though the core issue for him playing again is going to be walking four rounds and not riding around like he did in the PNC. Locally, John Daly, somebody texted in. That's a nice play. That's a great play. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. Bob Euchre, Yogi Berra, these are nice uh, Jack Nicholas. I, I look at Nicholas. I'm just like he just strikes me as the nicest guy in the world. I've never had an interaction with him, but yeah. I, that's how he comes up locally. Uh, the Wizard. I, I, Wizard's a great play. You might be able to get all of these correctly. The Wizard. Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner for me is the mountaintop. He is the absolute mountaintop. He's he's superhuman, and I'm talking about actually interacting with somebody for the stardom he had at that moment and the way he conducted himself. Superhuman. Superhuman wizard. I still. I part of me wants to pull him aside. We've been talking about having on the. I've had him on the podcast before, but having him on again, and I just want to ask him, just like, how do you do it? But then right. I think he'd look at me and go, "What do you mean, do what?" Because yeah. I think I think That's it's just, just who he is. It's who he is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, People texted in Willie McGee, Kelly Chase, a nice one. Yeah. Kelly Chase, a nice one. Willie That's McGee a nice was my one. next one. Breath Hall, people love Breath Hall. Absolutely, that's a great one. His visibility during the 2019 run, I think, really increased the stock if it wasn't to the moon already. This is a good one. Panger. I like the Panger play. Oh, that's a great one. I like the Panger play. Yeah, that's a great... ah, Darren Pang's the best, man. He's great. Uh, The Bo Hart. Right. I I saw there was a Bo Hart article in the Post-Dispatch this morning. Was there really? There is. I'm happy to see it. Did you you ghostwrite it? I was the one who wrote it. (laughs) Bo Hart and I both share, we were born on literally the same day. And it's not like we share the birthday. We were born on the exact same day. And a lot of people think I'm a much better ball player. And by a lot of people, I mean... Uh, Isaac Bruce, father. Isaac Bruce, I think. Yeah, that's a nice play. He, he's represented nice St. Louis these that's past That's a really years. nice play. Yeah, I think Isaac Bruce. I feel Bruce. like you could name like almost anybody who's ever played in the NHL. Yeah, seriously. That's just kind of like the Pronger, personality. Pronger a couple nights ago. How could be like... That's a, that's a... Yeah. How could you like get better than that, you know? Uh, Bobby Plager, I realize, yeah. of course, no longer with us, but man. Yeah, Blue Brock I'm dead too. serious, and I don't know how those of you listening feel. I So help me. So help me. When the Blues won the Cup, and when, when it was becoming clear that it was a real possibility this time, like it could really happen, that's who I thought of. Because I felt like Bobby Plager was representing all of the people in the upper bowl who go to the games in October and get upset about a loss to the Panthers <laughs> on a Tuesday night in October. And that's the guy. And so I felt like Bobby Plager was the, the ambassador of the St. Louis Blues fan. I think he might be the absolute perfect answer. Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw. Tim, why do you hate Michael Hanzus? <laughs> You're right. I left him out. Adam Wainwright. Yeah. Great call. Aeneas Williams. Well, we're getting some wonderful answers. Yeah. All right, here's here's what I've just decided. Chris Kerber needs to produce the show, and everybody texting in needs to host the show, and I'll go back and yeah. play online poker and work on my short game when it warms up. I think everybody will be happier with that decision. 
So there it is. We're two weeks in and I've officially announced my resignation. You guys can host it because clearly you have much better ideas than me and Jackson. And Chris Kerber can produce it because not only is he an incredible play-by-play guy, but he's got great ideas for producing the show. There it is. That'll make everyone happy. Stan Musial is absolutely wonderful. That comes from Mr. Nipples. I'm texting in here. Uh, The Rock, by the way. Somebody texted in The Rock on TMA. Yeah. Dick Vermeil. My goodness. Yeah. Now I'm now I'm angry at myself again because I didn't come up with yeah coaches is it there's Randy some... Carrick reminded me of the missed question with Flair the audience reminded me of only about fifty that I missed out on when when coming up with the segment all right we got to take a break Tim Kirchner's going to join us on the other side of the break he is going into the baseball hall of fame we've got all kinds of things to discuss with the great Tim Kirchner a lot of them cardinal centric that I'm planning on asking him you are listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. Right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. The greatest thing that's ever happened to Jackson is that Tim Kirkton is going to join us in this segment, because if not, I would spend the next three hours going over your 20 second Sports Center update. Like that, was one of the worst, that was one of the worst things I've ever done in my entire career. <laughs> I might just I might just hang it up today. I think bringing up the Duke's Mayo Bowl twice in a row to start this show two weeks ago is the worst still. But either way, uh, it is our pleasure to welcome to the radio show Balloon Party 101 ESPN, Tim Kirkchin. Tim, good morning. How are you, fellas? Well, we are wonderful, but we are thrilled to have you. And you've got to be on cloud nine because congratulations. You are going to the Baseball Hall of Fame. I am so happy for you. Well, Thank you. It has been an overwhelming and overpowering last six weeks here for me. I I am just so honored to be a part of all of this, and uh, I'm, I'm it's it's so overwhelming. I'm I'm having trouble finding words. But the day after I won the award, Johnny Bench called me at home at eight thirty in the morning and said, "Welcome to the club." You're one of us now. And I almost started to cry again. Now, let's be clear. I'm not one of them. I'm not in their club. I'm just in a wing of their club, but it's kind of a similar idea. So uh, it's really been an amazing last six weeks for me, and uh, I can't wait for the season to start and to live all the way through it like I have the last 42 years. What a great story that is to get a call from Johnny Bench the next morning. I, I think a lot of people, Tim, are so happy for you because of the likability you have, both when you're on the air, but also when there's no microphone or no no camera around. And I, in preparation for our conversation this morning, I was reading and watching and listening to some interviews you, you've done, and you talked about a, a pivotal moment in your career being walking into Don Zimmer's office, and he was the manager of the Rangers in 1982, and he gave you some great perspective. Do you mind uh, recounting that story for our listeners here? <laughs> yeah, uh, I was like 14 years old when I was in <laughs> the Rangers, so I was kind of young and I was inexperienced, and I just staggered into Zim's office in the middle of May, the Rangers had lost 11 games in a row. They were indescribably bad. So Zim looked at me and said, what's wrong with you? And I said, Zim, covering this team just isn't as much fun as I thought it was going to be. And and he looked at me and he said, why don't you quit complaining? Look at yourself. You're young. You've got your whole life in front of you. He said, look at me. I'm fat. I'm bald. I'm ugly. I got a point in my head and I've got this. (laughs) 
team to manage. <laughs> I'm the one with all the problems here. So why don't you quit complaining and just recognize how lucky you are to be covering Major League Baseball. Now, I already knew how lucky I was. But when Zim yells at you like that, and deservedly so, that was just another reminder just how much a privilege it is at least for me, to cover Major League Baseball. That's perfect. That's a great, and it's great to get that lesson early in the career. That's a, uh, a wonderful story. So as we talked about with the Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, of course, you are going in, and ESPN here over the next week is airing an outside-the-line six-day special, and that's beginning tonight, debating the merits of Alex Rodriguez, David Ortiz, Kurt Schilling, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, and on the final night of Outside the Lines with Jeremy Schapp, and you'll be a part of it as well, of course, uh, reaction to the January 26th Hall of Fame vote. So I don't know what if you have a broad-based policy, if you have a case-by-case policy. I am looking forward to watching the show and watching all of these voters, esteemed voters, discuss each player because, of course, this has been a topic going back for about a decade and a half. How do you view what you guys will be discussing on the show and your own philosophy on it, Tim? Well, it's it's the greatest privilege I have to vote for the Hall of Fame. I voted for 31 years, and I love it, but it's really, really difficult. And I don't think there are any right answers anymore due to the steroid guys. So I am not – I am looking this at a case-by-case situation, and that makes it difficult, makes it more difficult. If I just said, look, I'm not voting for anyone that has a connection to PEDs, you know, that would be easier. If I said, I don't care if you did PEDs, that might be easier also. But I do care, and I'm kind of trapped in the middle, as I so often am. So I, I just think Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds are in a category over here. I think David Ortiz is in a category kind of in the middle, and Alex Rodriguez and Manny Ramirez are in another category over here. And that is difficult to try to separate, but that's how I have chosen to look at this. And I repeat, I'm not suggesting it's the right way because I'm not sure there is a right Mm -hmm. way. I just don't think I'm wrong in what I'm doing. I'm doing the best I can, and it is a very difficult assignment these days. Tim Kirchin with us here on 101 ESPN. A question I am looking forward to hearing your answer to, and I'm sure many of the people in the St. Louis metropolitan area are anxious to hear as well. Your thoughts on former Cardinal third baseman Scott Rowland, uh, when he was a player, his chances for the Hall of Fame, and, uh, and what you think the prognosis is for if and when he will go into Cooperstown. Yes, I vote for Scott Rowland every year. He is for me at least, and again, this is just my list. He's the third best defensive third baseman I've ever seen after Brooks Robinson and Nolan Arenado. That's how good Scott Rowland is for me defensively. And obviously he was a really good hitter. He played on a lot of good teams. And even though he got hurt here and there, he did not get he was more durable than people think he was. And I think when you look at the body of work, when you recognize that third base is an underrated, difficult position to play, fewer third basemen are in the Hall of Fame than any other position, um, he's a borderline guy, no doubt about it. But I vote for him, and I, I don't think he'll get in this year, but I think he'll get in, and I will continue to vote for him because I think 
he's a Hall of Famer. Let me throw you a breaking ball on his teammate from that 2004 MV3 team, and that's Jim Edmonds. I, I was really surprised that he was only on the ballot for one year. That's not to say I think he's an automatic Hall of Famer. There was some wrong there. I just was surprised by that. I know some of the circumstances, Tim, were based on who was on the ballot that, that year and then also that Griffey was on the ballot. Um, how do you view uh, Edmonds in, in the conversation? Well, he's a borderline Hall of Famer also. And I think this is really unfortunate that someone who I believe is a borderline Hall of Famer gets one shot at it and goes off the ballot. Now, let's not forget this happened to Ted Simmons and Ted Simmons, former Cardinal, ended up in the Hall of Fame. So there's still hope for Jim Edmonds fans out there that someday he's going to end up on another list and another committee is going to take a look at him. But it's really hard to dismiss him after one year on the ballot, much like it's really hard to dismiss Lance Berkman, former Cardinal, mm-hmm. after one year on the ballot. If I were in charge, and clearly I'm not, I would... I would allow the voters to vote for as many players as they like because I know certain years guys are just left off, yep. not because they're not Hall of Famers, but because they're not one of the top ten on the list. Some some years are ridiculously stacked with Hall of Fame players. That's why Jim Edmonds was off after one year. And I find that to be unfortunate. Yep, yep, yep. Hey, I want to switch gears uh, from the Hall of Fame and get your perspective. On, on the work stoppage. I, this is something that, that uh, we could go on and on forever about it. As of this moment on January 19th, 2022, when I say baseball work stoppage, what immediately comes to mind? Is it frustration? Is it anger? Is there some hope that things are going in the right direction? What are your thoughts on where things stand, Tim? Well, it's frustration. It's not anger. I wish we had an agreement. You know, I covered the 81 strike, so we're going way back. So I understand what true anger is between the two sides. And I I don't sense there's that kind of anger, but I also don't see any sort of connection at this point. And I'm not sure both sides have deal makers there who can put a deal together and do it rather quickly, which might have to be done if we get to February the 1st, maybe even March the 1st, and we don't have an agreement. So I'm frustrated. I'm worried like anyone else. The game is way too good to be shut down. We're missing valuable days right now. But I do have hope. I just have to think that everyone's going to look and see how much money is to be lost for both sides if they can't reach an agreement. And I also think both sides have to be realistic and recognize that baseball is the best game ever, but it's not in the most popular place it used to be. Mm -hmm. And having a work stoppage, a lockout, anything like that, and losing spring training and or regular season games, this is not a good time to have something like that happen. Tim Kirkchen, our guest, your final question. I think sometimes in St. Louis, perhaps just because we're so fortunate with the caliber of players, also oftentimes who are great people, and the incredible success the organization has had over the last few decades, that we lose sight of how lucky we are in comparison to a number of other franchises around the game. Uh, I am curious, if I ask you, going into Cooperstown, so with the memory you have of the game, what your favorite cardinal memory not coming from a fan standpoint but a fan of the game standpoint is what is your favorite memory since you started covering baseball 
when it comes to the St. Louis Cardinals? Well, I covered the 82 World Series, and that was a great World Series that the Cardinals won. Uh, that's probably number one on the list. Um, but I saw those Cardinal teams play, those really fast Cardinal teams in the 80s, the way they stole bases. It was just breathtaking to watch. Um, I watched Albert Pujols play for 10 years, and that was an amazing sight to watch him. But I'll always remember St. Louis for this. Tony Gwynn, the great Tony Gwynn, got hit number 3,000 in Mill in Montreal. And I love Montreal and I wish they still had a team, but they didn't exactly jump on the fact that Tony Gwynn just hit this milestone in Montreal. And Tony looked at me later that year and said, I kind of wish I'd waited a couple of extra games to get number 300, 3000, because I would have been in St. Louis. And those people would have really appreciated that. I think that speaks to baseball in St. Louis more than anything is that Tony Gwynn is essentially saying after San Diego is home park, he would have wanted to get hit number 3000 in St. Louis. How about that? What a great story that is. Griffey got his 500th home run, if I'm not mistaken, on Father's Day in St. Louis back uh, in 2004, I think it was. Uh, and then the St. Louis fans loved it, even though it, of course, was against the Cardinals. That's a great story. Great story. Well, that's a compliment to the fans. I thought you might go David Freeze, but you you went one better. That's why you're going to Cooperstown. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone knows David Freeze, and that was one of the most, if not the most remarkable game I've ever covered. I still can't believe that happened. Uh, but that's the beauty of what we do, that I have 42 years worth of memories, and it's, <laughs> it's hard to narrow it down to one, believe me. I bet. Well, Tim, uh, once again, congratulations. So many people around baseball and around the country are happy for you just because of the likability, and we look forward to seeing you go into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Thank you for taking time out of your morning to join us here on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. My pleasure, fellas. Thank you. Thank you. It's Tim Kirchner with us here on 101 ESPN. The program's name, despite the rankings of the approval, is Balloon Party. The approval ratings on the name of the show, Jackson, they're treading water at this moment. Yeah, big old thumbs down from the audience. Can I send out a poll? What is worse, the name of our show or your Sports Center updates? It wouldn't be fair. That's not a fair fight. Let's see if Mike can do that for me. Uh, all right, coming up, Chris Kerber has produced the segment. <laughs> and it just so happens he comes up with the idea, and we have an absolutely incredible exchange between media and player in uh, what is, is a segment that I'd like to have on a daily basis here, if we can pull it off. And I don't know what the name of it is. I welcome people to come up with the name of it. I'm essentially doing nothing but introducing it. Kerber came up with the whole idea. We will have the audio for you next. This is Balloon Party, 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Balloon Party. Tim McKernan with you here on 101 ESPN. Chris Kerber came up with this idea as a guest yesterday on the show. And from my standpoint, kind of like email of the day is a staple on TMA, and we wrap up the show every day with that. I would really like to see if we can do this. And we don't, they don't have to be current. They can be all-timers, but I'd like them to be current. I just don't know if it's realistic, how much digging you'll have to do. But yeah, the idea to... was, 
reporters oftentimes, and I will include myself in this, I told some of the anecdotes yesterday, will ask just ridiculous questions. And what Kerber was saying is Pronger would call us out when we would ask ridiculous questions. And he said, I think a great segment would be if you guys could play a clip of ridiculous questions and athletes holding the media hashtag accountable for said ridiculous question. So I'm telling you, it couldn't have been more than an hour or two after Kerber gives us this idea, which now we are absolutely taking and running with, but I'm <laughs> just going to keep crediting him for it. And I still don't have a name for it. Uh, this goes on in Edmonton, and it's phenomenal. Uh, this is Leon Dreisaitl, uh Center for the Oilers and Hockey Hall of Famer, uh, who's a reporter, Jim Matheson, having this lovely exchange yesterday. Lots of reasons for why the Oilers are playing the way they are in terms of winning and losing. What do you think is the number one reason for the losses now? Is there, is there one thing that you, in your own mind you're saying, we got to get better at that? Yeah, we, ha- we have to get better at everything. Would you like to expand on that? Nope. You can do that. You know everything. Why are you so pissy, Leon? Hmm? Why are you so pissy? I'm not. I'm just I, answering your question. Yeah, you are. Whenever I ask you a question. I gave you an answer. Not a very good one. Okay. okay. Well, I have one more for you. Leon, you show your frustration on the ice last game against Ottawa. Is that a good thing when you show it so the other team knows you're frustrated? Yeah, it's a great thing, for sure. Good. (laughs) You can can hear the media relations guy, okay, that'll wrap it up, boys. That'll do her. Oh, my God. That's as good as it gets. That's as good as it gets. So Kerber sends that over to me last night, and I go, I don't know how we're going to be. You don't want to play the showstopper to start the show. Exactly, yeah. You play the encore song last. Uh, but we came out of the gates with a big one right there. And I got to tell you something. The whole point of the segment is to mock us, <laughs> right. the media. Yeah. But in that case, I think the reporter was right. And here's the thing that was so great about it is he came loaded for bear. He didn't just go, okay, thanks, Leon. Yeah. He came right back over the top. Yeah. And then uh, then the media relation goes, goes okay, uh, who else has a question? He goes, hold on, I got one more. <laughs> yeah. Let me give you one <laughs> yeah. more real quick. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, that is, uh, that's his, and the smile on his face when he said he was showing his frustration, on Dry Sidle's face when he said he was showing his frustration, was like, all right, we're going to go again. Like, <sighs> Oh, that, why are you so pissy? <laughs> why are you so that takes, pissy? That takes some uh, some iron there to ask that question. Uh, thank you to Chris Kerber for the idea, for the sound, <laughs> <laughs> and for calling Blues games for 20 seasons at a ridiculously high level. That's going to do it for us. Balloon Party is in the books for January 19th, 2022. Uh, if you missed anything, go back and podcast. Dobbs Tire and Auto Center's podcast. It is uh, Tim Kirkchen, a great guest today. Really enjoyed that conversation. And also, we played a clip of Ric Flair with us. And uh, I don't know if they include Jackson Sports Center they don't, update. They don't. That I might go and edit and upload it and just tweet it out. That'll be burned. Uh, BK and Ferrari are coming up next. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. 
New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.